You're listening to episode number 25 of the Heart and Hustle podcast. We're your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Today, we get the pleasure of chatting all things business and Instagram with the incredible Jamie Dana. Jamie is a hairstylist and educator in the hair industry, specializing in teaching other hairstylists how to use Instagram to grow their business. Jamie thrives from helping stylists see their full potential, not only as a hairstylist, but also as a business owner. She loves to connect with others in the hair industry, and her goal is to create a community full of like-minded stylists who encourage and inspire each other to work hard, build their dreams, and live a life they absolutely love. Jamie specifically teaches on Instagram and business for hairstylists. However, everything she talks about in today's episode is pure friggin' fire for any business owner. I'm absolutely, guys, I'm losing my mind from excitement because Jamie has so much valuable business knowledge, and I truly cannot wait to share this episode with you. You know we love Instagram, and it's our favorite app, pretty much. Jamie has done such an exceptional job at creating a very niche market and growing her Instagram to a whopping 176,000 followers and counting. In this episode, Jamie talks about her top three tips for growing your following, tips that had us freaking praise handsing over here. <laughs> she also let us in on a brilliant hack that she does on her Instagram highlights, a hack that we are immediately going to implement on our own. When I finish recording this, I'm going to go do it pretty much. <laughs> we dived all into the biggest mistakes people are currently making on their own Instagram bios and what she recommends to change. Her tips are so tangible that you can literally go do them when you're finished listening to this episode. Other than Instagram, we also dived into topics like feeling imposter syndrome when you become an educator, how to stay balanced when you're juggling all of the balls, and navigating boundaries of saying no in your business. Guys, I'm not joking when I say this episode is good. So I'm so excited for you guys to listen. But you know what happens before we dive into an episode? Review time. Today's review comes from Storybook Love and says, Just what I needed. So much yes to all of this. Having Lindsay and Evie in my ear giving me these amazing tips is just a dream. I'm finally learning the wisdom and guidance I have been waiting for all along. So thankful for these ladies, and I can't wait to make it through this thing called entrepreneurship, confident, and successful. Thank you, Storybook Love. I wish I knew your name. I don't think that's your real name, but I love that little phrase or nickname, whatever you call it. Thank you so much. That is so sweet of you to say. We are blown away by each and every review, so we are just so excited um, to hear you guys' feedback and to read these reviews. They mean the world to us. So if you have two minutes, we would love to hear what you have to say in the review section. So please go do that. Pause this episode. We cannot wait. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview with Jamie Dana. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. All right, Jamie, welcome to the show. We are so excited to have you here today. Oh my gosh. Like I am literally so excited to be on this podcast because I have been, this is actually one of the podcast episodes, like interviews that I am so pumped for. So thank you guys for having me. Seriously. Uh, we freaking makes love you. Heart happy. Yes. We love uh, you so much. And just quick backstory. So 
I feel like, Jamie, you've been following us for a while and then we've been following you for a while. You actually mm-hmm. hired me, except you hired my associate because I was unfortunately unavailable. So you shot with my associate. So it's weird that like you've hired me, but I haven't met you technically. And so I'm so excited right. that we get to hop on this episode <laughs> and chit chat. And and then we're meeting, meeting later this uh, month. So that's super exciting. But and then yes, I know you it'll be all official. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, perfect. To start off, we um, wanted to ask you, how did you first, because if, for anybody that doesn't know, Jamie is the most bomb hairstylist and an educator, which we'll get into that. But first off, Jamie, how did you decide that you wanted to be a hairstylist? Because that's that's where it all started for you, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So it's so funny. So like flashback to when I was like, 12 years old. I was actually homeschooled. And I know, were you both homeschooled? I was. Lindsay was not. (laughs) Okay. Okay. That's what I thought. I was like, I know one of you guys was homeschooled, but anyways, I was homeschooled and my mom was like, always saw that I was really creative. I mean, I would literally be doing my schoolwork and drawing and creating things like while I'm listening to like my schoolwork and everything. And she was like, you need to do something creative. And so she was like, well, why don't you go to beauty school? And I was like, okay. I mean, that sounds kind of fun. And she was always like, well, at least you can always cut your kid's hair and your husband's hair. Like, even if you don't do it as a career. And I was like, yeah, sure. Sounds like a good idea. Well, the funny thing is I actually married a husband who has a bald head. So that was like completely (laughs) out of the thing. We don't want kids. So I was like, okay, well that didn't really work out the way she thought it, but obviously it worked out for so many other reasons. So, um, basically I graduated high school at 16 and decided to go straight into beauty school at 16 to 17 and then graduated beauty school at 17 and went straight into a salon. So um, it was one of those things where I always knew that I wanted to do something creative. I didn't want to work an office job, you know, work the whole nine to five, sit in a cubicle, like that was just not me. And, you know, at the time, creative entrepreneurship, like wasn't really a thing. This was like 11 years ago. Um, Instagram wasn't around, you know, so it was just like, that was kind of our option to have kind of a creative job. And I fell in love with it. And I loved being with clients and getting to be creative and chatting all day and just being around the industry I loved. And so I slowly transitioned out of working behind the chair after many, many years of being with clients all day long. I transitioned out of behind the chair, um, meaning taking clients and working in a salon and went straight into full-time education for other hairstylists. So I actually don't work in the salon anymore. I don't technically do hair on clients, but I do hair when it comes to education. I got a YouTube channel um, and I, you know, full-time get to help other hairstylists grow their businesses. And that is truly what lights me up. And I think the thing that I found the passion in when it came to working with clients and being able to impact their lives, just being in their lives, having them sit in my chair is the same thing that I'm able to do, but in such a broader aspect, um, being an educator in the hair industry and just being able to impact hair sightless lives on a totally different scale. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of like oh, my journey and a quick two minute nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jamie, you are so such a badass. And I legit like love chatting with you because your story is so powerful and so unique. And just your passion for what you do is so tangible and you can just like feel it whenever you're talking to you. But I like, I would love to hear as you pivoted out of, you know, from working behind the chair into educating, where did that pivot point happen for you? What made you decide to make that switch? Was there like a specific point or did it just happen over time? Like, what was that like for you? 
Yeah. So it's actually funny back when I was early on in my career as a hairstylist, um, we had an educator come into the salon and he was teaching like a haircutting class type of thing, product knowledge class. And after the class, I must've been asking a lot of questions during class and like probably was a little teacher's pet, like not going to lie. And I think my like homeschooler (laughs) and me was coming out just a little too much. And so anyways, after class, he was like, Hey, um, he's like, have you ever thought about going into education? He's like, you would be a great educator. And I was like, wait, me? Like, are you sure? Mm. Like, are you talking to the right person? You know? And he was like, no, like you ask so many questions. You're so excited about it. You're so passionate. Like I can tell that you would be such a great like ambassador educator. Um, you know, he, he was kind of talking for his company, but at the time I was like, whoa, like no one had ever told me that or really had ever said anything that kind of made them feel like they believed in me that I could do this. And so that I would say was like two, one or two years into my career. And kind of from that moment, that's what spurred me on to be like, whoa, I could do this and I could actually be really good at it. And so throughout my career, I kind of was like, I didn't know what that would look like. I didn't know if that meant I was going to go teach at a beauty school or if I was going to go work for a product company. And slowly as Instagram started to come out, there was more people that were able to build a name for themselves outside of the hair companies. So, you know, there's the big hair companies like Redken and Goldwell and probably big companies that you guys have heard of. And they had their educators, but I knew I didn't want to work up like a corporate ladder and there's politics involved. I knew that I wanted to be on my own. And so to make a long story short, I started to kind of just post about education on Instagram. And I ended up kind of hiring a business coach in the whole process of all this and um, really started to just establish myself as an educator in the hair industry and really started to teach business education because at the time there wasn't anybody teaching actual business education. It was all hair techniques. So, you know, how to color hair, how to cut hair, um, how to braid hair, all of that kind of stuff. And nobody was teaching like business or marketing education. And so I kind of came in right at the right time when Instagram was still pretty early on and started educating, created my online course. And after having that for a couple of years, I was still working in the salon full time, um, and doing this on the side. And it just became way too much. And I was like, I can't, (laughs) I can't do this. I was totally burnt out. And I had to realize that it was like, okay, I, I had to make a change. And so I was working with a business coach at the time. And they were like, what if you got rid of the salon clients? And I was like, Oh, like what? I don't know. Like, (laughs) you know, I built this business and the business was really successful. Like I was making over six figures in the salon, um, as a stylist, like it was a really successful business. Um, and it was thriving, doing really well. Um, you know, full clientele booked out months in advance. It wasn't like I wasn't doing well there. And so it came down to the fact was like, okay, what am I really called to? And I felt like I was called to help parasites grow their businesses and have a business that they love and a career they love. And working behind the chair on clients wasn't helping me achieve that in the way that if I could do it full time. So back, this is almost a year and a half ago now, I quit working as a hairstylist. Technically I retired at the age of 26 uh, (laughs) or 25. I don't know. However old I was 25, I think actually. Um, and yeah, I retired from being a hairstylist and went full-time in education. And I have to say it was the best decision I could have made, not only for my business, but for me personally, um, that I was able to devote my time and energy to my students and my audience and the people who I was called to serve versus 
getting burnt out and like not even able to function for myself or my husband or my clients or anybody. So, um, it was the best decision I could have made so hard. Um, it, I it was, I had to go through a grieving process of giving it up and mm-hmm. you know, you felt like you're kind of cutting off, um, a limb or like part of your identity with that. But like I said, it was the best decision I could have made. And I'm so grateful for that advice that I was given to like, Hey, you just got to do this. And yeah, so glad I did, but it was hard. Uh, oh, Jamie, I, I love that. And okay, before, I was going to ask a question on Instagram and we're going to dive so deep into Instagram. But before I dive into that question, based on what you just said, I had a little baby question first. I think it's a huge issue that a lot of people that do get into this education space deal with when they get so big or successful in the education field that they're forced to almost then choose between the art or the service that got them into this industry in the first place and then educating on that art or service. And so my question, especially as as a fellow educator, I know me and Evie, we still do photography, but then we also teach on photography. And so I have a question. When you got rid of, of being a hairstylist or you put that away, you retired that, did you have a sense of imposter syndrome or did you feel like your hairstylist in your, your student hairstylist would think of you and be like, oh, well, she's, she doesn't actually do it anymore. So who is she to teach on it? Cause I, I know me and Evie deal with that a lot. Like that fear of like, if we ever do drop photography completely and just focus on education, like how is that going to be navigated or, or received? So I would mm-hmm. love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. And it's actually totally the same feeling that I had. I was that imposter syndrome of how can I do this and teach this to other hairstylists if that's not what I'm doing anymore. And there's another educator that's kind of in our space and she didn't really ever work in a salon. She did a little bit, but I've heard people talk about her specifically saying, well, what does she know? She's not a hairstylist. And so those thoughts came into my mind of like, are they going to say that about me? And that was a huge fear of mine. And that was one of the things that kept me from feeling like I could give up working as a hairstylist full time. Um, and I had gone down part time, but I was like, no, I need to give this up completely. And so, um, one of my, a bit of advice that my business coach had given me at the time, they were like, here's the thing, like what got you here being a hairstylist is how you built your business. And you're literally teaching people how to do that. You already have done what they're trying to do. So you still are a hairstylist that doesn't ever go away for you guys. You're still photographers. Like that's never like not tomorrow. You're not going to wake up and be like, Oh, I forgot how to do everything. Right. Like (laughs) I forgot what it's like to work with a client. Like, come on, you know, exactly. You built your business up to this point and they're wanting to learn how you did that. And so that doesn't go away. Your experience doesn't go away. And that was the best advice that I could have gotten was, you're right. I'm still a hairstylist. I still could do hair. Like it's not out of the question. I still remember what it's like to work with clients, like all of that stuff. So, um, you know, one of the parts of my business now is I do teach hair techniques a little bit on my YouTube channel. I actually don't, um, have a course or anything on that. That's not how I make my money. It's honestly just free education. Cause I wanted to give back and I still wanted to have a bit of doing hair. So that's part of my YouTube channel. And I still get to do hair in that way, but I'm not having to do the day in day out of taking care of clients, texting them back, all of that kind of stuff, just the stuff that takes so much time. And I've kind of shifted the conversation of instead of me spending time with my clients and only able to impact 
those, you know, 100 or 200 people in my salon, I'm now able to impact hundreds of thousands of lives and not even just hairstylists, but they're able to go out and impact their clients as well. So it's a ripple effect. And when you think of it that way, you kind of start to go, okay, back up. It's not just about you being a hairstylist or being a photographer. You're able to impact so many more. So that was the best advice I could have gotten given at the time. And like I said, it truly was the best thing that I could have done. And I'll have to be honest. There are some haters that are like, well, she doesn't do hair anymore. I'm like, well, yeah, I don't in the salon, but you know, I still do it for YouTube. And if, and if you don't want to work with me because I'm not in the salon anymore, then we're not the right fit. Um, Mm -hmm. you can find somebody else, you know, and there's, there's been other educators who have said that as well. And I'm like, that's a limiting belief that's holding you back from not stepping into your full time work as an educator and what you really could do. And so I think it's a, there's this comparison kind of thing, maybe a little bit of a competition vibe there, but at the end of the day, I had to do what was right for me and what was right for, um, the impact that I knew I wanted to make. So yeah, hopefully that's helpful for you guys. And for maybe somebody listening, who's feeling the same way. Oh, that's so good. People I think need to hear that of recognizing that that's doable. And I think that's not talked about a ton in our industry. So I love Mm -hmm. that you just shed light on that. Oh, good. And that was like so applicable to whatever industry you're in. It doesn't have to just be here. Like that was beautiful. I love that answer. Thank you. Okay, so now (laughs) switching gears, you, Jamie, are the Instagram queen. You are literally the, if I could think of one queen of Instagram, it's you. So my question, (laughs) um, for anybody that doesn't follow her, obviously we'll put this in the show notes, but it's at Jamie Dana Hairstylist. And so it's, it's so good. So my question is, how did you grow your following? And could you give our listeners three Instagram tips that they can take away from today's episode? 100%. Okay. So how did I grow my following? That is always such a loaded question, but it's the first question that everybody asks. Right? Did you get so many followers? And I'm like, do you have five days? Let's just sit down and talk for five days. Um, Time. Honestly, time and experimenting. And that's the thing that I think so many people look at Instagram now and they're like, oh, I just want a big following and I just want to grow more and I want more followers and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it just takes time. And it takes experimenting what works for you and your audience. It's not something Mm -hmm. that like I can say, hey, go do this and it's going to work for you. It's going to take experimenting. And yeah, there's tips and there's strategies and all that kind of stuff. But it just takes time. I've been doing my Instagram since 2014. um, And I've really just done stuff differently than other people. And that's when I talk about experimenting. It's like, yeah, I've tested things. And guess what? Some things don't work. And there have been many things that have failed or have gotten, you know, like 20 likes when you're used to getting like a thousand. You're like, all right, clearly that didn't work. Or, you know, um, I think it's it's never something that goes away too. Like I'm constantly experimenting and um, mm-hmm. I'm actually literally as we're recording this right now in the middle of a launch and we're testing things out in this launch and like testing out different stories and whatever. And it's like, I'm okay to experiment and maybe have something fail because I know that if I have something that is successful, Hey, like that's amazing. And I just learned that that was successful, but sometimes you're going to fail along the way, but that's okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's like my biggest thing is like when it comes to a following is it just takes time. Um, but three tips. Okay. So three tips that I give to like all of my hairstylists, uh, clients and followers and students is one, number one, show yourself on your Instagram. 
Um, I know you guys talk oh, about this reach. a lot, but yes. show up on your Instagram. That is like Love. number one tip that <laughs> nobody does. Like, and you have to show your face. And this might be easier for some of your followers who are photographers. But even if you're not a photographer, show up on your Instagram, whether that means on your page, like for sure on your page, but on your stories, talk on your stories, your clients and your audience wants to get to know you. And that's how they're going to be working with you. You know, like for my clients and students, they're wanting to get more clients in their salon and people need to get to know you before they trust you with their hair. Like it's a relationship. So number one, show up on Instagram as yourself. Uh, tip number two would be share captions that are educating or entertaining or inspiring. Um, and so share things that are maybe a little bit more relatable. And I think so often we think that, oh, if we just have a really good photo, then, you know, the caption doesn't need to be that good. Like, it's fine. I got really good photos. Like my feed looks really pretty, but like, who cares about the captions, right? And I think so often for so many of us, we struggle with writing captions. So we just kind of put it by the wayside, but you have to have a good photo and you also have to have a good caption. And sometimes I feel like even captions can outweigh a decent photo or like just a so-so photo. Like if you have a good caption, right, Mm. you can, you can actually get more engagement and the captions would actually helps connect you with your audience. It's never the photo. I mean, yeah, the photo can do a little bit of emotional stuff, but the caption is where it's at. And so mm-hmm. if you're not putting time and energy into writing your captions, you should. Um, and so that kind of leads me into tip number three is I know so often for so many of us, captions are something that we all struggle with. Like there are definitely times where I'm like, I have no idea <laughs> what I want to say on Instagram. Um, and so what I've gotten really good at is if I think of a caption, I put it in my notes section. Uh, Mm -hmm. on my phone. And I just like write jot down thoughts all the time. And it's interesting because I was following another Instagrammer. Um, her name is the birds papaya. If you guys haven't followed her on Instagram, check her out. She's got a great, she's a great content creator. Um, but she was talking about how there's this like magic time right at night when she's falling asleep and she's scrolling through her phone that she comes up with the best captions. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's when I come up with the best captions too, is when I'm just about ready to fall asleep. I look through my phone. I like scroll through some stuff. I make sure that I'm following accounts that I'm inspired by, but I sometimes get the the best caption ideas at that time. And so um, if you think of a caption, write it down. And if you can't think of a caption, voice text it to yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, I've literally come up with the best captions while I'm driving or whatever. And it's just because I'm voice texting, I'm coming off a little bit more conversational maybe. Um, and that's really helped me on those times when I'm like, Oh, like, I don't know what to write. Sometimes just having that note section is like the most helpful thing. And then having it in a conversation is super helpful too. Oh my gosh. Freaking mic drop. We can just stop the episode <laughs> here. We're good. We're I love it. <laughs> Jamie, that's so good. I think when you were even saying like, you know, oh, at night is when I get most of my captions. I was like, when do I get most of my caption ideas? Because I, I don't get them at night. And I was like, oh, interesting. But I was sitting there and I was like, oh, I get them almost always when I'm driving. Like mm-hmm. driving for me is such a like creative thought filled space. And like, I'm usually either coming from talking to somebody or going to like talking to somebody Mm -hmm. or something like that. And I have music going and music just helps my creativity so much. And like my voice memos on my phone is like chock full of like 
voice memos of me just like blurting out information and thoughts for future captions and blog posts and vlog ideas and like all this stuff. It's just like, hey, Siri, take a voice memo or something. And I'm like, just, oh my gosh, my computer just popped up. Um, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I legit just do that 24 seven when I'm driving. And so I think that's super helpful for people, like a tangible takeaway. Mm -hmm. track when you are getting the most inspiration for that content creation, whether that's captions or blog posts or whatever, and pay attention to that and then utilize that. Like intentionally go for a drive just to come up with captions if you're stuck. Like, or like do something like that. I love that so much. Um, Diving in, I would love to hear, do you find the majority of your audience is purely hairstylists in that industry? Or do you have other creatives and business owners as well on your Instagram? Because you do such a good job of niching down and speaking directly to your hairstylists. And yet Lindsay and I both follow you. And clearly we have absolutely nothing to do with your industry and we really don't care about hair, but we love you so much. And so we consistently show up and follow you. Do you feel like you have a good like chunk of people who do that? Well, it's interesting. So now that I think I've transitioned, I mean, yes, like majority of my followers are for sure hairstylists, right? Cause that's like the audience that I niched into, but now that I've gotten a little bit bigger and have started to kind of make some connections outside of my industry, um, definitely I've gotten a lot more like creative business owners. And it's funny because I'll teach like a webinar or an online class or something. And so many people reach out to me and they're like, Hey, I own a coffee shop. Can I watch this class? I'm like, yeah, you totally can watch it. Like, I'm sure you'll find something that's applicable. Just swap out the word hair for a latte. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's very similar. I was like, the only thing, you know, the hair photo section might be a little different for you, but other than that, like it's going to be the same. And so I have gotten a lot more of those just creative entrepreneurs and stuff. And I think that's just a testament to the kind of content that I'm creating, because again, it's educational content that can really trans, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Translate, I guess, to both Mm -hmm. all all different kinds of audiences. So, um, yeah, but I've just found that more so in the last year or so as I've grown and as I've kind of stepped into that, you know, business owner role and probably stepped into more of my educator role. Whereas when I was behind the chair, I wasn't as much, you know? That's so cool. That makes sense. Well, so obviously your niche is hairstylists and just stylists in general. My question is, is there a specific kind of stylist that you are even niching down more? Like how did you learn who your ideal client was? And was there a strategy that you used in order to attract them? Yeah. So I tell people to niche down as far as you can. It was seriously the best thing that I did for my business because back in the day when I started to create my course, that's kind of what really launched my, I would say, educator business and really helped me get known as an educator in the hair industry. Um, But I started to teach Instagram for hairstylists, but even niching down more than that, it wasn't for salon owners. It wasn't for, um, you know, stylists who have been doing this for 50 years. Like it was for a stylist who's been doing this for probably two to five years and who is struggling to build their clientele. So that's really who my ideal client avatar, whatever you call it, I call it dream client. That's my dream client is somebody who just has kind of gotten started. Um, But since then, because I niched down so much in the beginning, I've now been able to expand it. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that, but like, you know, niching down and then you can expand from there. Mm -hmm. So I still talk about Instagram. I still speak to hairstylists, but definitely have a lot more salon owner clients, um, a lot of cosmetology students, especially 
from my YouTube channel. Um, and then just hairstylists like all around their career. But I also got really clear on what the product delivered, like what my online course delivered and was able to speak towards the benefits of that versus being like, yeah, it helps every hairstylist do all the things, you know, like technically it probably could, but getting really clear on Hey, this is for you. If you're trying to grow your business as a hairstylist, try to get more clients behind the chair, people that are trying to get more clients behind the chair, like, heck yes, I need this. Whereas, you know, if I was like, yeah, this works for everyone. Like anybody could join. It's great. Then the salon owner is like, wait, is this for me? Or the hairstylist mm-hmm. is like, I don't know. Is this really for me? So niching down was by far the best thing that I could have done, especially starting out with my business. And then of course, after you've grown, you can expand into that. Um, I don't foresee me stepping out of the hair industry for a while, um, but I definitely could see in the future, future being more for like creative entrepreneur, business owner. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, that's amazing. Does Instagram scare the heck out of you? Feeling like you're always struggling to save time on the good old gram while also creating flawless branded professional content for it? We feel you. We have made a special little something just for you. We created a PDF with our top five apps we use in conjunction with Instagram to create smooth, professional content while saving us time and energy. This is a list compiled after years of using Instagram and searching for all the secret pro tools to make our jobs easier. If you've ever wondered, how the heck did she do this? Or how did she make that? It's probably answered by one of these apps. There are little secret sauce to spicing up your Instagram. We use these apps daily and they've absolutely changed the game for us. So if you're ready to uplevel your Instagram and create pro content with just a few clicks, we got you. Head on over to www.theheartuniversity.com apps and let's uplevel that Instagram. That's A-P-P-S, y'all. Hey, Heart fam, we had to interrupt this episode real quick to share with you something that's revolutionized our workflow. Everyone always asks Evie and I what the number one investment is that we've made in our businesses. Without a doubt, the best investment we've ever made to get our life and time back is HoneyBook, a client relations management software. We both use HoneyBook every single day and legit could not live without it. It's an all-in-one project management tool that's designed specifically for creative entrepreneurs. I honestly don't know what I would do without HoneyBook. It streamlines everything. Email conversations, client workflow, contracts, invoicing, calendar integration. HoneyBook literally coordinates everything for my business. They thought of everything that a creative entrepreneur could need and combined it all in one place. From templates, brand customization, an app so that you can send invoices while you're on the go, all the way to the little ka sound your phone makes every time you get paid, aka my favorite part. <laughs> HoneyBook gives you the ability to streamline an excellent client experience from your fingertips so you no longer have to spend 24-7 working in your business and you can finally get back to living your life instead. Guys, we know you're going to love HoneyBook just as much as we do. In addition to a free seven-day trial, we have an exclusive offer just for our podcast listeners. 50% off your first year of HoneyBook. Guys, that's a $200 value. All you have to do is go to share.honeybook.com slash heart and claim your discount. That's share.honeybook.com slash heart. Or you can check out the link in our show notes. You are speaking our language. We are like the queens, I feel like, of of (laughs) Mm -hmm. niching down and telling people like, pick your thing. So I love that you just broke that down in a different way so that people can understand like 
hey, it's a practical tool. You need to do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I I think a lot of people hear the phrase like niche down or narrow your focus or whatever. And and in their minds, they're hearing like limitation. Um, Mm -hmm. And they're hearing, this is going to make my business smaller. This is going to make your business bigger and way more successful by actually speaking directly to the person you're trying to reach instead of just shouting from the mountaintops, you know, I can help you. And you're not actually speaking the language of the person who needs to hear it. So I think that's just so helpful from your perspective to be like, hey, I niched down and blew up. Like, that's just such a testimony that I think so many business owners need to hear those success stories. So I love that. And pivoting off of that, you do something that is so genius on your Instagram that Lindsay and I would love to just share with the people who are listening to this and low-key 100% might just copy. We (laughs) are just love that you have a saved Instagram highlight that says, start here. And when you click on it, it's you looking cute as heck, introducing yourself (laughs) to potential new followers, sharing your heart and your offers and the way you're going to serve them and help them and like solve their pain points. And we just, when we saw that, we're like, okay, Jamie knows what's up. Snaps for Jamie. Um, What (laughs) made you think of doing that? Have you found it to be effective? Have you seen a difference since being so intentional with introducing yourself, even on Instagram, like an Instagram highlight to your audience? Do you, have you seen results from being that specific, even on your Instagram? Oh yeah. Okay. So I don't know where I came up with the idea. I think I saw on somebody's website, they had a tab at the top that said, start here. And I was like, Oh, that's like brilliant. And it had, you know, like whatever they offered on there. And I've always kind of thought that so often, especially when it comes to Instagram or, you know, as marketers or, you know, emails, like we feel like we've said it once. So everybody knows it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, everybody knows that I have this freebie or that I've, you know, I'm teaching this class or that I'm going to be at this place or that I have openings or whatever the case might be, right? Whatever you think you're sharing We just feel like because we've shared it once that everyone knows. And in reality, that is so far from the truth. And so I realized that people were coming into following me and they had no idea that I had these freebies. They had no idea that I had a YouTube channel. They had no idea, you know, all of the different things that I did. And so I was like, what if I did a thing where they could literally consume it super quick They knew exactly who I was, what I did, and they got all that information. And then from there, they knew like who I was. And so, yeah, I was like, I bet you can do this on Instagram. So I was just like, okay, let's do it. So I, you know, got all cute. I put on a cute top (laughs) and I, you know, filmed it. And I basically, you guys can go check it out on my Instagram if you really want to see it, but it's good. Go check it out. I'm Jamie. This is what I do. Um, this is who I serve. This is who I help, blah, blah, blah. Um, here's some ways that you might see me talking about on Instagram, some ways I might serve you, right? So here's my freebie. Here's my YouTube channel. Swipe up, blah, blah, blah. Um, I have an online course. The doors are closed right now, but you can get more information here. And it's been so great. I actually need to go back and refilm it because quite a things have happened in my business since then that I need to just update it. So the first time I filmed it, because we all know with Instagram stories to save it as a highlight, it's got to live for 24 hours. So the way that I did it the first time, just to not make it weird for the first 24 hours, I did one story before that was like, hey guys, I'm going to be introducing myself to my audience. So if you didn't know who I was, check it out here. And then I just started from there. And then I just saved all the 
you know, ones after that. Um, and it does take time because, you know, you got to make the text look cute. You want the GIFs to be all perfect. So, you know, it takes, <laughs> it takes a couple hours, but I'll tell you right now, it is so worth it. And at the very end, if you guys go see it, you'll see at the end, I have a question box and I say, how did you find out about me? Or how did you find my page? And after 24 hours, the question box doesn't work anymore. But what I found is people DM me. And so they'll just type in, oh, I found you from YouTube or YouTube or whatever, right? So then that gives me an opportunity to be like, hey, thank you so much for responding and reaching out and following my page or following along my journey is something I usually say. Um, and that's one thing too, as I respond to all of my DMs. So now I'm starting a conversation with them. And because my follower count is high, and even if your follower count isn't high, the fact that you responded back to that person when they first came in to follow you and started to just get exposed mm-hmm. to your tribe, that's huge. Um, so it kind of allows me to create a natural conversation with them. And I definitely get quite a few DMs every single week that are like YouTube or whatever, you know, they found me from something and it just gave them an opportunity to find out more about me. And so that I didn't have to constantly be repeating myself of like, Hey, I got this freebie. Hey, I've got this thing. You know, and obviously I'm sharing that stuff, but it's just nice for when you get a new follower that they can understand who you are and what you do. Oh man, okay, I, I love hope, that. I hope everyone that just heard that rewinds this podcast and listens to her answer again, <laughs> because I, I, every single word that you just said is so much goodness wrapped up like so much marketing <laughs> goodness wrapped up in a little pretty bow like the fact that oh, you're not you. <laughs> you're, well, you're serving your audience and you're actually thinking about I think so many people look at Instagram and they're confused by it because they're not thinking in the perspective of somebody that hops on your feed for the mm-hmm. first time they're thinking of yeah. all your followers or you're thinking of of so many things but the people that are hopping on for the very first time that know not what at all words are hard right now but they don't know who the heck you are (laughs) it's such a genius idea and it's a genius idea to showcase your expertise right away it showcases your personality right away it adds an opportunity to get people that just started following you on your email list potentially and to your other channels of income or or just other channels of of what you're doing like youtube or a blog or anything it's just so Mm -hmm. genius and it just creates that personal connection right away and the little like the fact that you do the questionnaire, that's genius. I'm just, I'm sitting over here mind blown. And I hope everyone (laughs) goes and starts doing that because it's so genius. Like I need to do it for real. It's, I'm just mind blown, Jamie. That was beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. And real quick, if anybody does that, please tag me in like one of them. You can hide the tag, but I want to see that you did it. I want to cheer you along. So (laughs) if you do it, tag me because I would, I would love to see it. And one thing too, just to pivot off that or to just chat real quick is I think so often, like you said, people don't think of the user experience when it comes to Instagram. So if you've never done this, go through your Instagram, like literally click over to your Instagram from like your feed, right? Click over to it and look at it. Like, what is the customer experience? Like, what does your bio say? Like, if you were a new customer landing on your page, would you click the follow button? Mm-hmm. And if the, if the answer is no, then there's your answer of why you're not getting new followers. Like, and, and maybe you might be biased to it, but have somebody, you know, look at it, maybe a client, have one of your clients look at it and say like, Hey, would you actually click the follow button and have them be honest? Because so often we don't look at the client experience from start to finish to, and I, when I say finish, I mean, clicking the follow button, like that is the finish line. Um, we often just look at it of how can I get more followers? What am I posting on my feed? What am I, you know, and there's so many elements to Instagram, but the customer experience, the client experience from step one to clicking the follow button is huge. And so many people don't focus on it. 
Mm. Yeah. Freaking preach it. I have so much <laughs> that I could just like, I'm just going to lean back and let Jamie just go off. I'm here for this. <laughs> okay. Well, Jamie, on that note, that leads perfectly into our next question. I want to chat Instagram bios because of what you literally just said. I think a lot of business owners confuse the idea of building a personal brand to mean that our Instagram bios and even our website, but right now just focusing on Instagram bios, they have to be all about us, right? Because we're teaching people, Mm -hmm. oh, you need to show up with your face. It needs to be about you. You need to make connection points. So they take that and they're thinking, oh, okay, I need to be me. I need to showcase me. So what happens with that is that our bios, I think, start looking almost like a dating profile, Kind of like, yes. Hi, I'm Lindsay, (laughs) type three Enneagram, lover of adventure and coffee, photographer for the wild and whimsical. Like, that's literally what my bio said when I first started, something like that. Yeah. And you have such a smart, strategic Instagram bio. So I thought we could dive a little bit into that. What are your thoughts on Instagram bios and serving your client or like serving your audience in a way that is serving them, not just like sharing who you are? Yeah, totally. So I love the, I'm a coffee lover and avocado (laughs) toast forever. And you're like, no, no one cares. No one cares. No one cares at all. Um, So yeah, if you have that in your bio, probably chance time to change it up. Um, But I always go by the three things. And this is more so for people who have local businesses, especially for you guys like photographers or people that have like a in-person clientele. But first off, who you are and what you do. So sharing who you are and what you do, like how you serve people. So I, I believe my bio says something like helping hairstylists grow their business with Instagram. And then I have hashtag OHOTGRAM because OHOTGRAM is the name of my online program. I love that um, name so, so much. <laughs> I know. Evie was like, I love it. So I have hashtag OHOTGRAM. Um, I don't have an account for that course because I don't need to, but the hashtag allows people to click on if they want to go see a little bit more. And it's kind of subliminal messaging. Like they might've read it there and not really known what it was, but then they heard me talk about it later. So, you know, a little subliminal messaging there. But point number one is helping hairstylists grow their business with Instagram. That's who I serve. So if you are a hairstylist who lands on my page, who's looking to grow their business with Instagram, I'm your girl, right? They know immediately from that, that they're like, oh, wait, let me tap through some of her highlights. Let me go read through some of her posts. Maybe this person is for me. Maybe I should follow them, right? And then of course they go to the start here one and bam, they're just sold. They're clicking the follow button. Yeah. So then I also have, um, co-founder of Ember retreat. So I run a retreat with, um, my co-founder Piper D young, and it's very similar to, uh, your guys's retreat as well, but it's for, uh, you know, beauty professionals. So I make sure to put that in the bio because I want to make sure that people are seeing other things that I'm doing, other projects that I'm doing. And then I always have a call to action in my bio. So Um, if I'm promoting a freebie, I would put that in there. Um, if I'm promoting like right now, I'm in the middle of a launch. So I'm promoting a product that I have called the social suite. So that is in the bio. Literally. I'm like, there's not a link in bio type of link. It's literally like, just go to this page. Like don't collect $200, go straight there, (laughs) you know? Um, cause I don't want people getting distracted. Like, Oh wait, there's a freebie. Oh my gosh. Maybe I need that. Right? Like, no, today for this launch, just go there. Um, but then there's different times where I'm not necessarily promoting anything in particular. So I'll have a link in bio that has a couple different links, um, again, so that people can kind of see, um, more about what I do because just, they might not see the start here thing or whatever, but they might want to find out about my freebie, might want to find out about my YouTube channel. But regardless, your bio needs to show people exactly how you serve them. And if you're the right person for them to follow, and if you're not the right person for them to follow, you don't want them clicking the follow button because 
they're never going to engage with you. They're not going to interact with you in that kind of way. So you want to make sure that the right people are clicking the follow button that turn into clients. And then the last thing, kind of what I was saying earlier is for local businesses, if you are trying to attract a in-person clientele or um, a service-based business that they're local, share your location. So many times I go to these Instagrams. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I want to hire this photographer. Oh my gosh, I want to go to this tattoo artist. And I'm like, where the heck are they located? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, they could be in London for all I know. Right. And so I'm not going to reach out to them. I'm not going to do that extra work unless I'm like really obsessed. Right. But if it's like, Oh wait, they're in LA. That's only an hour from me. Holy crap. Yeah. I'm going to go to this person. Cause they're an amazing tattoo artist or they're a great photographer. I'll go drive. Right. So having your location, if you're a location-based business, so important. And then have your contact info. If that's not in there, you don't have a contact button, like ain't nobody gonna be trying to get a hold of you. They're not gonna try to go to your website and figure it out. Like make it easy for people to get a hold of you and to find out where you are. Oh, I love that. Lindsay and I literally call it spoon feeding. Um, yeah. and we're like, you have to, and this isn't degrading to your clients or your audience at all. It's just recognizing, okay think about yourself and put yourself in that position of like that tattoo artist or like, you know, that hairstylist or whatever, you're not going to go do that extra work. You want them to literally spoon feed you and give you everything that you need right up front. And so that's something like a phrase that we throw back and forth to each other all the time. And we're like, Hey, spoon feed, like give more information, like break that down even more, like help, help them out. And I think that's so helpful as a business owner to approach from that perspective of what can I eliminate from their work? Like, process of Mm -hmm. finding out who I am and, and coming into my community. Mm, Well, it's because people buy what they can most easily understand or what they can like grasp the fastest. Like that's it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You make the process. I mean, this goes beyond Instagram bios, but if you make the process of your website or your contact page, or even understanding what you even do, like they're going to click off in a heartbeat. So Mm -hmm. making it, breaking it down. And I love Jamie, what you said, just saying, Hey, I'm this and I serve this. And that's so smart. Just because if you have this fluffy little bio, that's like, I love avocado toast and sunshine and (laughs) rainbows. Like no one's going to care unless you're first serving them. And if you love rainbows and avocados and you want that to be a brand element, then show it in your stories, like show it maybe in a photo on your feed, but don't use that sacred space in your bio to waste time talking about like stuff that you would on a dating profile. (laughs) Totally. That's so good. Okay, Jamie, I want to talk to you about just balance because you have such a multifaceted business and you run so many moving parts all at once. You have a YouTube channel, you host those retreats, you even host conferences and live events, you sell online courses, you just started that subscription service that you mentioned before, the social suite. You literally sell template captions and stock photos for hairstylists. You just provide so much and create so much. You are on fire. How in the world do you balance all of those things all at once? Yeah, this is a great question. To be honest, I never feel like there's ever a point where you're like, I have it perfectly balanced. (laughs) Like today was a 50-50 day. Like I... I got it right. You know, um, I think it's constantly an ebb and flow and there's definitely seasons where you're in a season of hustle and you're in a season of like, Holy crap. Like I have not had a break in a long time and my brain's ready to explode. And in those moments, you're like, okay, I'm going to step outside for 10 minutes. I'm going to get some sunshine and I'm going to come back in and I'm going to work my butt off. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's seasons where you're like, Hey, I don't feel like I'm working that much. You know, I'm like really relaxed or I got to go on a two week vacation or whatever the case might be. Like 
there's seasons. And I try not to stress about every single day being balanced, every single week being balanced, because to me, that's more stressful and it just never ends up happening that way. So figuring out how to balance it. It's also learning how to delegate stuff. Um, I know you guys talk about this a lot too, but like delegating out things. Like there's no way I would have been able to have my YouTube channel if I didn't have a video editor. And I knew that going into starting my YouTube channel, I was like, I can't do this on my own. So if I don't have an editor, I don't have a channel. Mm -hmm. And that was my rule for myself was like, Hey, no, no editor, no channel. So you find an editor, you get a channel. Like that was literally the rule. And I've had a lot of people ask me for a podcast and I'd be great at a podcast. I'm sure it'd be awesome, but I don't have the bandwidth right now to have a podcast. Could I hire more team members? Could I do it? Sure. But I don't really feel called in that direction. And so to me, it's just something I said no to. Um, and I think learning to say no as a business owner is so important. And some advice that I got given pretty early on was you're either growing your business or you're growing somebody else's business. And when you say yes to so many different things, you're literally growing their business for them and you're not growing your business. Mm. And that was a game changer for me because I would be like, yeah, great opportunity. I'll fly here. I'll go teach at that. Or yeah, I'll be on your podcast, even though it didn't really have anything related to what I did. And you know, you guys are the exception because I'm like so obsessed with you and I knew <laughs> this would be such a great conversation. Um, but there are, there, as I've grown and as I've gotten bigger, there's a lot of podcasts that reach out or people want me to do guest blog posts. And I'm like, I don't have the capacity. And so unfortunately I have to say no. Um, same thing with collaborations, you know, as you grow in your following, everybody and their mom wants to send you their new beauty products or their new thing, you know, and, um, turning those things down. And so I've really gotten clear on what's going to grow my business. And there are opportunities that I do take on that I do say yes to, but they're very limited. And I would say, probably I say no 90% of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's that allows me to pick and choose the things that I do want to say yes to like interviews like this, um, or speaking engagements that I want to be a part of. Um, but yeah, finding balance is hard. I don't ever think that there's like an elusive magic thing that works for <laughs> anybody or for everybody, but, um, you know, it's, it's all learning. And, you know, when you burn out, you learn, okay, shoot, I burnt out. How do we change that? So that doesn't happen again. Who do we need to hire? What do I need to let go of? What do I need to say no to? Um, so that that doesn't happen again. And I'm always learning. I don't think that it's ever something that you're like, cool, nailed that. I'm good to go. <laughs> Moving on. Next part of life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think, uh, no, it does not work like that. <laughs> uh, I think that's so good. And I think the, what struck me with what you just said was essentially find your clarity on what is most vital and important to you and everything else is an automatic no. And mm -hmm. that, I don't, I don't remember if we talked about this, Jamie, um, the book essentialism is mm. so good. Oh, I actually think we did talk about this over lunch. We did. Okay. <laughs> we, I think that's just such, that's essentially everything that you just said, no pun intended on that. Um, is you, find those things in your business and in your life that are essential to your happiness, to your rest, to your balance, or to moving your business forward, to creating more, to growing more, to serving more. And everything that is not essential to those two things or to whatever your top priority is, then it's a no. 
And once you find that clarity, it's so much easier to say no. And I think as business owners, that's something that's so challenging for us is saying no, especially when it's a great opportunity or it's, it's very intriguing or we want to help somebody out. We want to support them. When we are able to find that clarity of this is where I'm going and how I'm going to get there, it's so much easier to say no to the things that aren't going to enhance that vision and that focus and that momentum. Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah. Wow. Jamie, I'm just like blown away <laughs> right now. I, this episode <laughs> has been such a drop of fire and I'm, I'm inspired. I know our listeners are inspired. Kind of wrapping up, I want to know what's the biggest lesson you've learned in your business and that you would love to share with our listeners today? I know that's kind oh, of a big man. <laughs> how do you, how do you boil it down? Right. You know, right. um, I think again, getting really clear and we've kind of touched on this throughout the whole episode, but getting really clear on what you want. And I think so often, so many times we end up making choices in our business or we make decisions in our business based off what other people are doing or what we see, you know, that photographer doing or that hairstylist doing or that educator doing. And then we don't really check in with ourselves of like, you know, especially in this day and age of Instagram, it's so easy to compare your business or your life to somebody else's. And when you're not checking in with yourself of like, is that really what I want? Or am I just doing that because I see them doing it? Or am I just doing that because that's what people, that's what I think people want me to do, right? Like that's not a good way to live your life or run a business. And so getting really clear on what you want, what brings you joy, what makes you happy and kind of saying like, screw it to everything else. Um, even if it's out of the norm, you know, (laughs) there's a lot of things that I've done that are like, traditionally, like not a good idea, like giving up a business that makes six figures, you know, like that sounds like a bad idea. That was security. Why would I give that up? But it was so that I could, I got clear on what I wanted and I gave that up so that I could do what I truly love. And like I said, looking back, it was the best thing that I could have done for my business um, up until this point. And um, I think just, yeah, getting clear and and realizing that it's a journey and that you're going to have ups and downs and you're not going to know what you're doing for forever, basically. <laughs> um, you'll figure it out eventually, but there's definitely times like, you know, and some people might look at me and think like, oh my gosh, she's so successful. She probably knows exactly what she's doing. It's like, no, there's definitely times I have no idea what I'm doing. But I'm still struggle <laughs> too. So same. It, it happens at every stage. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be saying that until I'm 60, you know, it, it's, there's never a point where you're like, I've made it, I've got it again, mm-hmm. check that box. Um, so being okay with that is the advice that I'd give right now. Yes. Yeah. I think on like, just the f- tag onto that super fast. I think if you ever do get to the place where you feel like I've made it, I'm successful. I figured this out. That scares the heck out of me. I never want to get to the place where I feel like I'm completely arrived in almost any area. Like I do not ever want to feel like I've arrived. I want to always be learning and, and willing to change and shift and adjust and recognize that I didn't have it together and completely drop it to go a different direction. Like I know both of you ladies agree with that, but I just wanted to throw that out there to anyone listening. You're always going to be growing and learning and all three of us a hundred percent are consistently learning and growing and we do not have it all together by any stretch of the imagination. (laughs) I I like, I, I think parenthood actually made me realize this, but (laughs) <laughs> when when you're a kid, you think, oh, mom and dad, like they know, I mean, this is, every, every, 
can be applied to business owners or anything. But I always think as a kid, like mom and dad know exactly what they're doing. Like they are like all knowing, they know everything. And then now that I'm a parent <laughs> myself, I'm like, I don't know anything. And I bet <laughs> anything. My parents did not either when I was little. So that applies to like nobody in the world knows what they're doing. Even probably like politicians and business owners, they have like moments where they struggle. So just know that everyone struggles. No one knows what they're doing. You're not alone if that is your thought process. <laughs> totally. Totally. Preach it. Okay. Well, Jamie, where can everyone find you? Check you out. Get plugged in to your goodness. Are you offering any sort of courses or anything soon that people can plug into? Talk to us about all your goodness. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, you can definitely check me out on Instagram. That's where I hang out the most. So Jamie Dana hairstylist on Instagram. I'm on stories all the time. So if you listen to this, uh, episode, either screenshot it and tag me in your stories or just send me a DM. I'd love to, um, just connect and know that you listened to this episode. So Instagram, I'm also on YouTube, but most of my content is specifically for hairstylists. However, there are some business related videos over there. So if you wanted to check out my YouTube channel, I'm just Jamie Dana on YouTube. And then I have a online course, like I said, called Oh Hot Gram. And that is definitely geared towards hairstylists. But if you're a hairstylist out there and you're looking to grow your business with Instagram and you want to learn a step-by-step roadmap that has not only worked for me, but for thousands of other hairstylists, check it out. Um, it's ohotgram.com. Um, and we'll be opening the doors probably pretty soon here when this episode releases. And then we open them throughout the year. So if you're listening to this and the doors are closed, um, get on the wait list and uh, we'll send you all the emails. Heck yes. And we will link everything in the show notes. So guys, if you want to go check her out, please do. This girl is packed full of wisdom and goodness. Fire. And she's funny as heck. And she's cute ah! as heck. So Thank go you. press that follow <laughs> and plug into everything that she's offering. Plus, guys, she has pink hair. Like, she's just the coolest. Like, I'm not as cool <laughs> as that. Like, I could never pull off pink hair, I don't think, in the way, Jamie, that you can. And you just, you rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You rock it. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, being a hairstylist does help for sure. That's but, yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, Jamie, we love you so much. Thank you for coming on here and just sharing so much wisdom and knowledge and advice to our listeners. We appreciate this time so much. And we're so excited for everything that's coming up for you in your business and just to watch you continue to kill it and crush it. So thank you for being here. We love you. And we're so excited for this episode to air. Yay. Thanks so much for having me. Seriously. Like I was so excited when you guys asked me to be on the podcast. I was like, yes, they asked me. I cannot wait. So um, thanks for just giving me an opportunity to share with your listeners. And if you're listening to this, thank you so much for listening to the end. I know that um, sometimes it can be hard to listen all the way to the end. So if you made it to the end, thank you for being here and for listening too.